Hello and welcome to the So It Goes podcast with me, Dylan. And me, Rob. And in today's episode, we're speaking to the band Mild Life. Yeah, these 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 are decent, these. Yeah, no, they're, they're a great band. They're based in Singapore, but they've toured all around the world and they've supported some very big acts. So these boys definitely have a bright future ahead of them. And they are well worth your time ch- checking out. We've just came from talking to them actually as we've been recording this and it, we had a great conversation with them they were really nice people weren't they oh yeah they were, yeah they're dead class like um yeah they've got some proper funny stories of when they were gigging so without further ado let's welcome mild life to the so it goes podcast First thing we need to do more for continuity purposes, so everyone knows who's talking, is if you could all introduce yourselves, what it is you do in the band, that'd be great. Hi everyone, I'm Patty. I'm the singer of Mount Life. Hi, I'm Gerald. I play the drums for Mount Life. Hello, my name is Ping Sing, and I play guitar. And my name is David. I play the bass. So now the first thing, what we've, so it's like a global thing we've been talking about and currently in the current climate it is quite hard to not talk about the coronavirus and the pandemic which has been going on quite a lot so how is it bless you david so how is it where like all of you guys are based then and like how has it been for you functioning as a band um i guess for us over in singapore it's uh, live music has not really been restored since we had our version of a lockdown back in April last year. Mm. Right? Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah, so there haven't been any live gigs save for a few live stream gigs where we're all like in a room and uh, we either do a pre-recorded gig or we we do a live streamed one, which which... It's a bit tougher technically. You don't get uh, people in the room to watch you. And when there have been live gigs, uh, they have been under really strict safety management, safe management measures that we call them over here, where um, you can't have more than like 250 people. And uh, this 250... What do you say? You have to get swabbed first. Oh yeah, you got to get swabbed. Yeah. And no no cheering. (laughs) No clapping. Yeah, that one's a weird one. No clapping. So strange. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are we allowed to swear, actually? You can swear if you want, Max. <laughs> Some of the measures are just, just so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's, it's like the it's the only way to, to describe it. We're, we're not allowed to, to cheer, clap our hands, or sing along. Even if you attend a show with all the measures already in place. And all you can do is just sit there sit still i mean you can you can clap your hands yeah you, you attended a, you attended a show right pings yeah what was it like so they gave us a bunch of light sticks to wave <laughs> yeah if i'm honest that's just reminded me of something that happened i want to say yeah like yesterday or the day before of record so a few days before this happened in liverpool they basically did a rave in a warehouse and like the amount of measures they were going oh they've got to 
monitor the oxygen levels and everything and it's the same sort of thing and you're thinking the amount of faff that that takes you just think just wait a bit longer and then you can have a normal gig it just seems like it's taking the piss a bit having to do all of them safety measures mm-hmm. yeah mate yeah. It doesn't feel the same. It might as well just, like you said, just wait a while longer until it's all clear. So, because you've spoken about live stream concerts as well, I'm guessing have you guys done a live stream concert? A few. So, like Paddy said, um, we've done a few pre-recorded ones. We've also done the one where we actually live stream ourselves actually playing in the actual time. That was a great technical uh, obstacle that we had to overcome not only like audio wise but uh videography i think we're all quite new to it as well mm. yeah so it was definitely a new challenge new experience as well uh definitely learn something through the whole experience of it all it's quite enriching that yeah. sounds great man but like how mentally do you approach performing to what is basically an empty room, so to speak. I think we had we had we had a couple of festivals where we did uh where they were to an empty empty room, empty audience. But uh, there was one locally called Babies that were, they put all the audience on Zoom, so you could see each of the individual faces, and that was nice. Oh wow! Yeah, but the preparation is kind of the same, right? You get into that mental state of like, you know, uh, I'm performing. There, they are people watching, you know, and it's more about. I'm gonna vibe with 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 each of us instead, you know, feed off each other's energy mm. rather than see someone jumping in the crowd. So like, uh, it's it's just like hyping our own self up, you know. Yeah. Mm. I I remember it took us a while to sort of get used to it. We had like uh one or two gigs before that one, the the baby gig that David is talking about, and it felt a bit strange. Like instead of playing to a live audience, it's there, it's just a bunch of guys on camera. You know, and like there's no sort of interaction when you when you play, and then when you finish a song, there's there's no applause. It's just like silence, and you, you just gotta sort of pretend, do the do the sort of like proxy interaction with people across the screen, that sort of thing. But after a while, I think yeah, we got used to it. I mean, it's the only way you're gonna have a gig nowadays. So yeah, yeah, it's like that's an interesting point because it's it's just made me think that one bit of performance that will be definitely affected will be like audience interaction because you know like you can't really do like you know when freddie used to get the crowd singing you can't really do that if there's no one in the room and they're all just sat on the computers sort of thing so it must be sort of hard to that bit of the of live sort of um music's kind of gone because of of like lockdown it is um but that's not to say that you still can't uh sort of channel um, that feeling of interacting with someone through a screen. I mean, uh, lots of YouTubers are good at that. You know, talking into a camera and making right. it feel like they are talking to you directly, right? So that that's that sort of connection is is still available. It's not that it's you know totally devoid of connecting with people through a screen. So it was just something that we had to learn and had to adapt coming from like a, a, a live performance sort of context. Do you, um, oh, sorry, I'm going to mute me. Well, I will pick up there because clearly something's happened to Robert. But I was going to say that the whole concept of playing to a computer screen is a little bit too Black Mirror-esque for my life. It <laughs> yeah. sounds very, very strange. Yeah. So you guys as well, you've also released music like as well recently in the current climate. So yes. how does one going like, go about trying to record promote songs with like the restrictions we have 
in the world in a minute. Thanks. <laughs> Mostly just do everything online and over social media, I guess. For the the most recent single, we we prepared a whole bunch of content, uh, and we just spaced everything out. So, uh, we we put out a song in November, and then we had a music video in January, and we and you in between we were um, putting out stuff all on Instagram and YouTube and um, doing some like live stream AMAs, you know, just mm. to hang out with the fans, talk to people, um, let them know that we're all okay, asking them if, if they're all doing okay as well. Yeah, and just trying to, to stay in touch with uh, all these people that are very important to us. Yeah, yeah. they've been like following us for so many years now. Yeah. It's about the human connection, right? Just, mm. just yeah, because we can't have that connection with our fans' life, so we just try to do connect with them, however we can, you know. Just be a bit more active online. <clears throat> just do whatever you can. Yeah, cannot forget them, lest they forget you. <laughs> <laughs> very, very wise words, that man. That, that that sounds as if it could be on like a T-shirt or something, man. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I'm them. back. So, uh, what I was gonna say, do you reckon Dylan wanted to say something now? I'm sorry, but um, yeah, I was gonna say, do you reckon the fact that lockdowns put pressure on sort of gigs and it's put pressure on people in a variety of ways? Do you think lockdown and this situation has made you better musicians or writing music that you're more happy with? Yeah, I, I was going to say that um, I think if anything, lockdown, lockdown has kind of forced us to explore how we actually approach writing our songs because initially before lockdown, you know, we all had the liberty to actually meet up and uh, jam out songs in person. But with a lockdown, we were all confined to our homes and we still had to find a way to actually, you know, write our parts, piece them all together individually uh, to be a cohesive uh, song piece as a band. So, yeah, we, I remember we spent like maybe four hours initially just trying to find a way to see actually how we could try to write individually from our homes and piece everything together. We spent like a good four hour online meeting just discussing about the technicalities and everything. Eventually found a way uh, to try to make it work. Yeah. And then eventually the measures were relaxed so we could kind of adopt a hybrid of both ways, which I think, yeah, it definitely expanded our repertoire of how we could actually write songs. But yeah, so anyway, man, it's because like we've been talking bizarrely a lot about live performance. And one of the things like which has been getting rather good responses from the people who we've been talking to is like gig stories for a time when there aren't that many concerts on. What has been your most craziest, bizarre experience playing? We <laughs> all have one answer. Gerald, you can tell it. Well, it was in the beautiful country of uh, Thailand. We went to Chiang Mai. And well, prior to heading over to Thailand, uh, we actually were emailing lots of bars and one of the bars actually replied to us saying that, sure, we'd be keen to have you guys play it over at a bar. 
And the name of the bar was, was Heaven Beach Bar, was it? Yeah. Heaven Beach Bar, correct. Here's the thing about Chiang Mai. It's actually like right in the middle of uh, Thailand. It's landlocked. So nowhere is it near a beach. So we were like, oh, okay. This bar sounds interesting. So yeah, on the night of the gig, we brought all our equipment and I'm not sure if you guys have been to Thailand, but they don't have they don't have a lot of uh, cars doing public transport there. They have uh, these things called uh, tuk-tuks, which are like uh, bicycle yeah, like a bicycle car. with uh, an attachment at the back where people can just sit in the open air. So yeah. that's what we were on. And we showed the address to the driver. He went round and round and round, could not find the place. Eventually got fed up and just told us, you guys get off here. So we, yeah, we had to Google map the place and we were just lugging all our heavy equipment for like 45 minutes trying to find a place. Mm. Finally, we got to the place. It was kind of in the middle of a construction site of sorts. And the bar was a beach concept, but the sand was all from the construction. <laughs> yeah, so they basically <laughs> just filled the entire bar with like construction sand and they call it Heaven Beach Bar. Yeah. Um, uh, it's very yeah. interesting quaint little place where the music they were playing was through a laptop uh, streaming YouTube and uh, yeah um, you want to share the rest of the experience Patty? so that was like the lead up right uh, so we walked into this place it was like a hole in the wall kind of place you walked in and then you could smell the characteristic smell of Classic something some recreational thing that uh, people usually consume. I mean, uh, you can say what it bit... is, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just stunk of weed, lah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. The cat's out of the bag. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> they had bags of that, for sure. So we went in there, we smelt it, and we looked, we looked at each other, and we went like, oh, okay, it's one of those places, right? We went in there and we were probably already starting to like get high on the secondhand, secondhand weed that was blowing about in there. The equipment was like trash, trash. Yeah. The drum set was falling apart. Um, yeah, the cymbals were cracked. Uh, drum skins were torn. We had one guitar amp for for with, our two guitar. With two inputs, one guitar amp with two inputs. Yeah. <laughs> so that worked. No sound man. So I was mixing as it was mixing as I was playing. Oh, it's just like sus place, man. Dodgy ear. Yeah. And then while we were setting up, someone just handed us, like, whoop, here you guys go. Here you go. Before we even started playing, we were just still setting up. They were just like, whoop, here you go. And we were just like passing it around, right? And over in Singapore, it's like super clean, super straight edge. So it's not like we, we have a high tolerance. And who and someone rolled it, by the way. So we don't even know how much weed there was in there. Uh, God, if this goes out, <laughs> that's why we're like, yeah, we're kind of scared to tell this story sometimes, being like, you know, with real truthful with the details. But anyway, I mean, if there's anything you want taken mm. out, you're more than welcome. Yeah, to. just say legally it's a joke, and then it's it's fine. <laughs> fine. Yeah. So <laughs> basically, we were we were playing while we were like, yeah, pretty, pretty greened out, lah. Must have been and, a fun uh, gig. Yeah, yeah, I know. So and fun. you know what, guys? That was our first ever international gig, like, wow. uh, and our first gig playing together since I joined these guys as a singer. So we, were, yeah, we we're pretty much out of it while we were playing. Myself, 
the most because I was the only one with free hands because I was singing only. So I was holding a microphone and the other hand, right? I was offering it to the guys and everyone was like, oh, yeah, I'm playing a guitar, I'm playing a bass, I'm playing drums. I ain't got hands to like hold it. Yeah, so I, I got hit the worst. And uh, I can remember Ping Sing, you started to realize when everyone just started slowing down, right? <laughs> if you want to yes. take over. Yeah. So everyone started slowing down. So I, 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 I think I screamed, everyone, wake up. <laughs> on stage <laughs> I remember that. I remember that the, the time dilation hit us really hard and like every song felt like a 4 minute song felt like it was going on for 15-20 minutes so it was like oh god when is this song ending it's like why does it keep going on and on <laughs> yeah and, and Fing Sing just shouted I said, guys wake up wake up and we were like whoa yeah Probably thought it was part of the set. They probably thought, oh, this is weird. This is a bit improv. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Retard on, no. Yeah, and to wrap it up, Paddy puked on a, a big <laughs> German, oh, yeah. burly German Harley. We were so yeah, scared. He, At the end of the night, yeah, Paddy, Paddy threw up on, on someone's motorcycle. It was a big, shiny Harley, right? Hello, and it belonged to like two huge German dudes inside the bar. And we were all like, oh my gosh, we're going to get beat up. That must and have been a swift inside, exit. Yeah. yeah Apologised to them and they were like super chill about it. Yeah. And the next day, the next day, I, I woke up realised I didn't have shoes. They were back in the bar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> David, yeah, I, David, I think David took oh. off his shoes or something and he just left them in the, in the place. I don't remember this. I remember yeah. this because you were like, it's a beach, guys. So you took off your shoes. <laughs> it's always a good performance if you oh. don't have your shoes on at the end of it. Yeah. yeah it's a well-known saying, that one. So anyway, dudes, I'm just conscious that we've been keeping you for a while now. So we'll try and wrap this up and just by asking you if you like generic-ish questions like yeah. just what we've been asking everyone else so like the first one is if you could listen to one album for the rest of your life what would that album be who uh jeez it's a tough one i think for me it'll be it'll be uh, uh one of those spa music albums Fuck. Actually, I was thinking Why? along those lines. So I, I'm a huge Final Fantasy fan, and actually, just before this, I was on YouTube just watching this orchestra play uh, the Final <laughs> Fantasy X uh, sound uh, OST original soundtrack, and it, it was just so moving. I I almost teared. So yeah, right off the top of my head, right now, I'm thinking of the Final Fantasy X uh, soundtrack album. So, what a nerd! <laughs> I accept it. I accept it. Yeah, I mean, it's just because I was just happening. Uh, I just happened to watch that, so. I mean, it's a good score, though, man. Yeah, it's not Final, it's not Final Fantasy X where there's that bit where the guy just starts laughing, going, ah, ha, 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 like, oh really God. sarcastically. Yeah, that's the one. That's is it? Oh, yeah, I know, I know the exact... The music from that was great. It's It's so moving, really, yeah. I think Robert could do a separate podcast on that, so I was hoping he might have just not heard that because the whole rest of this could just be him explaining the entire game and how much he loves it. Oh, kindred spirits, guys. 
so anyway, what about you guys? Or do you not have an album you can think of at the moment? I'm just trying to look through my like Spotify history to see what it is that I've been listening to over and over again. For me, it'll be the most like inoffensive music ever. So spa music, <laughs> any album would do. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> what about you, Pings? Uh probably like a like one of those really big jazz records. Uh, Coltrane, perhaps. John Coltrane. Uh, should I do Coltrane? Like some of the the stuff is gives me anxiety, man. Like, yeah, it's too intense. But um, yeah, probably. Oh, sh- should I? Should I? Uh, okay, I'll just I'll just say Giant Steps. Probably. Yeah, you mean you, you can listen to that and every single time you still hear something new. Yeah, because like it's Coltrane's improvisation is just just listening to it alone is a masterclass. <laughs> ah, cool, man. Okay, I think I, I, I think I got my answer too. Um, probably one of those uh, compilation CDs, you know, the, the now that's what I call music 98 or something you know those 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 cd compilations that they had in the past i thought we peaked at final fantasy but i think we've gone the next level now with now that's what i call music <laughs> yeah that's a good one you've got Ju- Jua Lipa on and other popular artists you hear for 12 weeks straight yeah exactly um my my thinking is that you know those were the songs that we grew up with listening to um and they they were the songs that we enjoyed, you know, the, how should I put this? I mean, it's like a they, very innocent kind of enjoyment, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you listen to those songs, and those songs were what got you into music. So why not relive that fun side of music and, you know, the, the, the innocence and, and childlike wonder of those songs over and over again? I <laughs> that was crazy. I didn't know the, the meaning of the lyrics to some of the songs. Like, I remember singing Two Become One by Spice Girls, but I didn't know yes. the meaning of the lyrics until. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I've seen them live because I worked at the gig at City's Ground and like they did the sound check in like a good three hours before the concert. And the sound check, I was going, that's off. Like the bass, every, t- every few notes, the bass would just it would resonate with like all the drums and everything and would drown the singers out. And I was going, that's off. The keyboard player was bored because when they were like tinkering and doing stuff on the set, he was playing show tunes. <laughs> and then it came to the live gig and it was the same thing again. They got drowned out by like the bass. It would like, it would hit, the snare drum would go off and we'd just drown them out. Well, there's two things there, Rob. I think the first thing is we are nowhere near big enough to be taking on the Spice Girls. <laughs> they would destroy us. Also, I've got to say, man, if you're going to write things in the chat, that's great. But also, we can't hear it because it's in the chat. It's the Russian word. It's great. We'll just leave it there and then they'll be really suspicious. about It'll be like the fishing trip off Gavin and Stacey. Well, there you go. A very, very <laughs> British reference for a band from Singapore who will not have a clue what that is. No. <laughs> Literally, there's lots of people in the UK who don't even know what that is, man. So I wouldn't feel 
Yeah, don't, it's, a, it's, a, it's basically like, it's, it's to do with uh, a place in Wales. And it's okay, like... I'm going to explain what it is. I'm going to explain what Gavin and Stacey is. <laughs> I just can say it. Yeah, it's like... This isn't staying in. Oh, I see. James Corden wrote it. Yeah. Well, yeah. there we go. We should have just said that. It's what yeah. James Corden started off on. But this isn't us like promoting James Corden's career now. It's supposed <laughs> to be about you guys. So we can leave Corden to one side and go back to you. <laughs> so... We will have a format to this podcast. The other question we've been asking everyone is collaborations. Who's your dream collaboration in a band? Uh, I would say ourselves 20 years down the road. <laughs> Whoa, like some back to the future thing there, man. <laughs> I mean, you could sell oh, the yeah. rights to Hollywood. Oh, yeah, but then if, the, if we meet, then you might erase each other right because timelines and the space-time continuum would just be fucked (laughs) oh yeah yeah so we've never had a band say themselves to collaborate with again (laughs) what a bunch of like (laughs) fucking shameless guys (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's okay if you want to say you the the band you want to collaborate with is yourselves we can leave that there and then go into the final question I'm okay with it. I, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, <laughs> just because I don't have any other one in mind. I'm well, interpreting it as like if we are still like you know, it would be a huge win just to even still be together to write music with each other. That many years down the road, so I'm taking that as a as a good answer. I've, I have to say, man, you seem to be saying really bizarre answers, but then you make <laughs> them so sweet and innocent. It's really hard to try and say anything otherwise. <laughs> but it's a very good answer now. I'm fully on board with it. So I think all there's left to say now is thank you very much for agreeing to come on to the show, so to speak. And we're all fans of your music. Yeah, thank you. Our pleasure, man. Thanks for having us. It's been Yeah, thanks for having us, man. It's been real fun. Once again, thank you to Mildline coming on the So It Goes podcast. As with all of our artists, their socials will be found in the bio below. Make sure to subscribe to the So It Goes podcast to never miss an episode. To play us out, we have Mildline with Can't Seem to Get Anything. Thank you for listening. Can't seem to get in my mouth what day is
seem to get